Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein. And I'm Mark Scarborough. And on today's podcast, Cooking with Bruce and Mark, we are making something crazy. We're making garlic confit. Oh, now I love duck confit. And oh. I love chicken confit. You know, uh, it's hard to even put those words and even together. Love tuna confit. Oh, but that's not garlic. Like garlic confit. confit. So what? Is, what is garlic confit? Okay, garlic confit is basically where poaching garlic cloves in olive oil for an extended period of time, usually at a super low, low heat. As most confit is. Right. Yeah. And that we're slowly softening those garlic cloves in olive oil, not really turning them brown, although we're going to turn them brown because we're using a special method, right? Well, because what you hear in the background is the hissing of our pressure cooker at high <laughs> pressure, which there means it go. is not a super low heat. There you it's go. It's a super high heat. So they will not only soften and get unctuous, but they will actually caramelize and turn brown. If you like roasted garlic that you can smear on bread, mm. notice that I... No, maybe I should like... Well, I don't know. Anyway, that you can <laughs> smear on bread. I don't even know. I was going to try to make some complicated Italian-Jewish cooking schmear joke. Well, you could you could I, mush I up the confit garlic with cream cheese and have garlic cream cheese. Well, you could. But anyway, if you no. like a schmear of roasted garlic on your bread, this is for you. This is going to create the most intense, insane garlic cloves you have ever seen. Each one very soft. You can store it in your fridge. Now the olive oil will you'll you'll hear this. They'll you'll hear about it later. But it will solidify in the fridge. It can come back to temperature at room temperature normally, or you can just pick the garlic cloves out of the solidified olive oil sure. later. They'll stay indefinitely in your fridge after this. And it's not just the garlic cloves that make this so amazing. Right. You will have the most intensely infused garlic and herb olive oil you have ever tasted. So this is this is kind of what we're doing this now because it's kind of summer canning. And this is kind of absurdly easy sum, summer canning. I mean, I know people go crazy and can green beans and I don't know what whole pig heads. Why would and, you? Okay, pig head maybe. <laughs> why would you can green beans? Isn't the point of green beans crisp? My grandmother did. My grandmother canned she everything. She soft, mushy Well, she vegetables. did, but they were also farm people and they were trying to preserve everything they had. But it, maybe... That doesn't matter. This is kind of the easiest of summer canning. You just have to have a pressure cooker. So let's talk about what happened here. So, you know, you need to have about 40 cloves or a pound of peeled garlic cloves. Right. A lot of garlic. Now, if you go out onto the interwebs and the internet webs and you look at all the memes out there and look for shortcuts about how to peel garlic, you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, I love the ones yeah. where they put the garlic cloves in oh. a jar and shake it. Oh, and that works. magically the peels come off. That on. works. Totally works. I saw it on the internet. It can, totally works. Well, you can also look on the internet and, and they you could see that you could buy expensive little silicone-like yeah, cannoli shells. It looks yeah. like a cannoli shell. Yeah. And you put a garlic clove in and you run it, you run your hand over it and no. the peel comes off. Okay, and also the best for this recipe is also whole garlic. They can't smash no, it under a knife blade. And then remove the peel the way you might cut it up for for a stew or a braise, right? Where you smash right. it under a knife blade, and then remove the the peel and dice it. We want whole cloves, so really, honestly, I'm going to give you the best tip ever for this. It's not a tip. This is how everybody buys garlic, chef. Go right. ahead. We buy a peeled <laughs> in a jar in That's the produce how everyone section. Everyone buys it. I, uh, Bruce is the chef, and I'm the writer. And sometimes he's dumbfounded by these things, and I'm like, <laughs> "But that's how everybody buys garlic these days. Peeled. They buy it peeled in jars." Oh, I bought the jar that was a pound <laughs> jar, and it had about forty cloves. It was perfect. So what I did 
was I washed out two pint-sized canning jars, and then I divided the garlic up between them. You could use now. Listen, if you have more cloves, you can use more jars. They just have to all be able to fit in your pressure. They cooker. have to be able to fit, and you basically want the jars pretty full mm-hmm. of garlic. You want it up. You want to leave about a half inch of headroom, maybe three quarters of an inch. Because then you're going to tuck an herb, a fresh herb, into them. And you, listen, you can do this any way you want. There are time in hours. You could put, you in the garlic, you can put sage leaves. You could put, what else would be good? You could put hot red peppers, like Ooh, dried chili yep. peppers. Chili like, pepper flakes, even. Or chili pepper flakes, or I just mean those chilies de or bowl. You could or put even a rosemary the, skewer. Those um, Asian chilies yep. used in stir fries. Mm-hmm. I mean, to turn them hot. Yep. Um, you could put a cinnamon stick in there if you want a kind of cinnamon, olive oily garlic. I mean, it would that work. That sounds disgusting. Hey, it would work. You could put cardamom pods. Sure, that'd be good. Um, you could put celery seeds. You could fennel seeds. Fennel seeds. We just go through the whole uh, alphabet of spices. You basically, though, what you want in most cases is either a fresh herb or a whole seed. You don't want yeah. like ground don't, cardamom or ground coriander. No, that's just going to get cloudy. You don't want dried oregano. Go get right. some fresh oregano. If you don't have any access to any growing at your house, go pick your neighbors, and if they don't have oh, any, nice. they just go to the supermarket. Oh, nice. So, so you put that in, and then? Then you pour olive oil, good quality, extra virgin olive oil, over the garlic cloves, just to, just covers them, and you have about a half inch left of airspace at the top of the jar. And so now you want to put the lid on, the canning lid. How and tight then you are you wanna, making them? No, I haven't put the ring on. No. I put the canning oh, the lid, lid on. The lid. And then you put the ring on it, and you tighten it down until it's closed, but I mean tight. tight, and then you back it up maybe a half a quarter turn. So basically you're not tightening them down, just as if you were making strawberry jam or apple yeah, but jam. what if you never did any of that? So what I say is without without torquing it, right. you just do it till it stops, and then back it up about a half a turn. And the reason Mark's doing that is there has to be some give, because when you get this under pressure, air is going to, bubbles are going to form, and they have to be able to escape. They have to get up, and so that lid can't be too tight so they can escape. Now, trust us, a little bit of oil might escape out as well, and you right. may have some oil floating around. When it's up, that's okay. As soon as you turn this off and open the lid, they're going to suction down, and you'll hear the... And it'll be tight, so you, and you'll have a nice vacuum. You want to put a rack in your pressure cooker. All modern pressure cookers come with racks. You don't want them right against the bottom because you don't want the heat directly touching the glass box. Right. So you're going to put a rack in the pressure cooker mm-hmm. and then put these on and yep. then what? Then you're going to add cold water which comes up halfway up the jars. Right. About halfway up the jars. Just fill it up yep. to about there. Remember, pressure cookers only work with steam. So we have to have the water to create yep. the steam. I suppose we could put orange juice in there, but why would we? So <laughs> No, you couldn't because the sugar in the orange is going to clog true. the valve. It's true. being and silly. And then you're going to have a problem. It's water. You, you put water, water in. Yeah, don't put vodka up. in there. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you put the water in. You lock your lid on your pressure cooker. You close it. Bring you, you know, l- lock down your pressure valve. However, check your manufacturer's instructions for how your pressure cooker works. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to bring it to high pressure. Which on a stovetop means you put the flame up as high as it will go. And you'll you talk lo- about the stovetop, and I'll talk about the electric. And as soon as the steam starts hissing out, or whatever your manufacturer's directions tell you as you're at high pressure lower the temperature as low as you can go while still maintaining that hiss and you're going to let that hiss like that at high pressure on a stove top for two hours now to find the hiss the hiss isn't 
just is not loud. It's, it's a kind of a, steady, quiet. Well, you can hiss. hear it. It's happening in the you background. You can, but us. you're not. It's not a screaming. No, hiss. It's a right now, if you're going to use an electric pressure cooker, there shall be no hiss because no. of the way electric pressure cookers they work. They don't make any noise. They don't. They're highly, highly regulated inside. So if you're going to do this on an electric pot. You put it in, just we said, the rack, the water, et cetera, high pressure for two and three quarters hours. Why is it longer, Dr. Science? Because electric pressure cookers cook in general at a lower pressure, lower high pressure <laughs> than stovetop. Generally, um, stovetop machines go at about 15 PSI and electric machines go from 9 to 11. But there is one exception, and that is exception is the Instant Pot. Yeah. And the Instant Pot is different. It's kind of like an odd man out. My suggestion, if you're making this recipe in an instant pot, go with the stovetop recommendations. Go two hours at high pressure. Yeah, you know, we wrote the best-selling book, The Great American Pressure Cooker Book. And no, it's a great big pressure cooker. We wrote The Great American Slow Cooker Book. And we wrote The big, Great right. Big Pressure Cooker Book. Right. And in that book, we give timings for electric and stovetop cookers for every recipe. We're the only cookbook that is out there that you gives you both electric and stovetop. That's true. And it's also liquid adjustments right. and stews and braises, but that's a whole different thing. But a lot of people have told us that, you know, they followed our electric timings and their food burned. And so what we discovered is everyone who complained about that turns out was using an instant pot. Everyone. So they were cooking at a much higher pressure than most electric pressure cookers. And let's just say not all food burns. I mean, no, it's the really all. delicate stuff that's the, the problem. The porridges and all that. That's, it's all that. But in this case of the garlic, two hours in an instant pot will do it. Two hours and two and three quarters hours in almost every other right. electric pot made. A known demand, the Breville, the Fagor, right. the, all of them, the Cuisinart. Consider it two and three quarters hours. Now, my timer says we still have an hour to go on this. So when that timer rings down, all I'm going to do is turn the flame off and let this come down to a natural release. And if I'm using an electric pot, all I'm going to do is unplug it from the wall and just let it come down to a natural, which means natural means the lid unlocks on an electric machine. I can open it. It's come back to normal atmospheric pressure. Because there's a difference. There are two ways for that to happen because you can't open a pressure cooker when it's under pressure. It's locked tight. So the pressure has to drop, either naturally, as we just explained, or quick. And every pressure cooker has a valve you could slip and steam shoots out. Yeah, but we're not doing we're that. We're not doing that. We're doing a natural release. We're literally release. turning it off on the stove or unplugging the machine and just setting it aside. And you can honestly turn it off and go away. You could oh, yeah, turn this off and take a 30-minute drive yeah. and come back and it will be back at room pressure. And this question inevitably always happens. What if I'm living at high altitude? And the answer is, no matter the ambient pressure in your room, the pressure inside the pot is the same whether you're on top of Everest or if you're cooking on top of Everest. <laughs> if you're making garlic confit on Everest, you email us. I want to know where you're going to get the outlet to plug the electric cooker in. <laughs> now you're going to build a fire on the top of Everest. And you make can't a... put an electric cooker on a fire. No, no a stovetop. You've carried a stovetop cooker up. Sure. That's good for you. Sure. So good anyway, um, the pressure inside the pot is the same no matter your yes. altitude. This is true. Because inside the pot is the pressure we're talking about, not the air around this you. So the true. pot's going to come to 15 PSI no matter if the pressure at you is at one PSI. And this is why pressure cookers are such an amazing tool worldwide because it doesn't matter if you live in Denver, if you live in Nepal, right. or if you live in New York. Right. You can cook in them with the same recipes without adjusting Bruce and I have the best-selling cra uh, class on the whole craftsy.com, C-R-A-F-T-S-Y, 
Craftsy.com website, and we have two pressure cooker classes, and one of them is the best-selling class on the entire site. And I inevitably get the question about, well, what if I I live in, you know, I live in Leadville, Colorado, and what's the adjustments I have to make? And I always say, we shot this in Denver, and there are no adjustments necessary because the pressure in the pot, the pressure in your room has no effect ultimately on the pressure in the pot when it's at high pressure. So anyway, uh, that's a long way around. So we're going to let this go another hour. We'll do our natural release. We'll open them up. We'll take it out. We'll let it cool a bit. And then we're going to open one up and taste this amazing garlic. The house smells like the best Italian <laughs> restaurant ever. And no I'm, vampires in our house. <laughs> now, Not a one. The jars have cooled, and we're going to open one up, and we're going to wow. taste. Wow, that this, was kind of crazy. Um, we have spoons, and we're literally going to dig our spoons in. Sure. And I'm going to pull out a half a garlic clove. Put my spoon mm. in there. And I'm not even spreading it on bread. Oh, God, it's no. so intense. If you've ever just eaten wow. a clove of roasted garlic and nothing else, whew, that, okay. Make the best garlic bread ever. Don't kiss people. <laughs> um, you could. You could make the best garlic bread. And, and once you can feed a garlic like this, instead of using minced fresh garlic in your stews or braises or whatever you have it, use some of this caramelized garlic in the bottom of a stew. I just think it would be unbelievably delicious. Oh, it would be. And again... For, because you have all this olive oil, you mm. don't need butter. You just scoop some of this up, oil and all, and smear it on Italian bread. Wrap mm. it in foil. Put it in the oven. Maybe put some Parmesan cheese in it. Oh, my God. This is... Oh, and what a house gift. You made two jars of them, right? So save one back, and next time you're invited to a really nice or dinner... scoop one out with the oil and put it on a baked potato with <gasps> lots of ground black pepper. Oh, lots. yum. So you could also mm-hmm. smear it with some salt on the outside Schmear? of a chicken before you roast it or barbecue it. You could. It's the kind of garlic that you could smush up with the oil in it underneath the skin <gasps> before you roast yum. it. I love these ideas. You could do that with it. You could put it on a chocolate sundae. Mm, <laughs> I love that idea, too. <laughs> You cannot put it on a chocolate side. You cannot you, put it on breakfast can, cereal. But no, 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 you're not allowed. I'm sorry. People will come and kill you. I'll come and kill you. You're not allowed to do that. So, um, but there are many uses for this. Uh, you could mix it into soft cheese, mm-hmm. you know, to make some kind of cheese dip. Like a borsani kind of thing. Yeah, make a yeah. cheese dip with roasted garlic in it. You if could you, smush it with cream cheese, put it in a bagel with some lox. You could. If mm. you make cheese balls at Christmas, this would be kind of a, something to put inside that cheese ball at Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, or to smear it with the cheese. This is to put a, a whole clove inside of a date and then wrap it in bacon and bake it. Okay, that may have been too. That may have been the chocolate sauce, the There's chocolate ice no cream. Chocolate. It's I know, just but a date and bacon. I don't know. That seems like really intense. Like, what about pasta? What about literally taking a heaping yes, spoonful of this and tossing it in a giant bowl with freshly boiled hot pasta? And yeah, that's the whole thing. If with you, the cheese. if well, if you put some cheese, at, great, finely grate some Parmesan and put a spoonful of this in a big bowl. Boil up your pasta, drain it, and take the super hot pasta and throw it on top of it, and then just toss it all oh, with the how cheese. Arrow. And the and the roasted garlic and the oil and anchovies. Well, if you're an anchovy mm. person, which I am, anchovies would also be good in there. Mm. But that's the, the point is that this garlic you'll have for a long time. Keep it six nine months in your fridge, sealed up. But by the way, I would say that these jars once they come out 
of the canner. They're not shelf stable. There are problems with botulism and garlic. You have to refrigerate. And this has to be refrigerated. But it'll stay months in the refrigerator. Correct. So yeah. it's not like we're canning this and putting this on a shelf. No. We're going to can this and put it in the fridge. And it is this super intense condiment for oh everything you could ever want. And I just imagine. Even chocolate sundaes. No, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a, get a butterfly leg of lamb this weekend. And I'm going to smear this inside that and roll it up. And then Yum. roast it. Yum. Yum. It would be delicious. There's there, absolutely nothing. Like, and put lots of herbs inside yeah. of it, lots of oregano and sage, mm. and roll it up with this stuff. Yum. If you want to see this recipe and hundreds more that we have done on Cooking with Bruce and Mark, you can go to bruceandmark.com, and all of our recipes are there. You can search through, find what you like, and get a ton of recipes. You can. And in fact, while you're at it, you could also subscribe to this very podcast. You don't want to miss a single episode because you want to make more garlic and feet for as long as the vampires stay away. So look for Cooking with Bruce and Mark on iTunes or wherever you like to get your podcasts.